and welcome to the Jabroni Show on CFRC 101.9 FM, and it is Super Bowl Sunday. I could not be more excited. We've got basketball games starting in the background of us right now to get out of the way for the main event of the day, the Super Bowl. I could not be more excited for the Tampa Bay, I mean, Chiefs Super Bowl. I predicted it. We talked about it last week. We talked about it two weeks ago. We talked about it three weeks ago. And I mean, we're here. I've been waiting for this moment since the playoffs started, and I'm thrilled. How how's your Super Bowl Sunday shaping up, Evan? This is what we talked about. How we had that hole in our week in our weekend last weekend without the football, and now we have the pinnacle of the football experience this weekend. Are you excited for this Super Bowl? This Sunday for me is is a scary one, and but also a, a good one. Um, scary for two reasons. I don't know what I'm going to do on Sundays until last Sunday was, was extra scary for me. I did, I did nothing. Um, I'm, I usually Sundays are right off because of football. And, and last week I felt like I had to do work. It was disgraceful. I didn't know what I was doing with myself this Sunday. I'm, 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 I'm scared what I'm going to think of after the game's over, but, uh, you know, I, I feel like this is one of the best Super Bowl matches we've seen in years for a bunch of reasons. Um, it feels like the, the last, like, f- however many years, three years, it's it's been like one team on the rise in, in the Super Bowl and, and one team who's just kind of really, really good. But this year, it feels like both teams are almost as good as they're going to get. I mean, I don't know how much the better the Chiefs are going to get in the future. And uh, the Bucks are probably the best now. They have a bunch of free agents that are they're going to leave. So, like, not even including the Brady-Mahomes matchup, which is kind of silly how we're not talking. I know we don't want to compare these guys because they are so different and the ages are different. But, I mean, Tom, would you agree Tom Brady's the best quarterback or slash player in the NFL? I mean, this is like, like if Joe sorry, Montana, sorry, all time, all time, my bad. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I, I feel like most people can agree on that. And would it be fair to say that out of all players who have kind of came through in the past 10, 15 years, that Mahomes' first three, four years have been the closest to, you know, not Tom Brady's first years, but like has been the closest to the having the best first season, first however many seasons of all time. So like, yeah, he's it, most definitely the most exciting. I mean, we talked about this in basketball a bunch of these there's how these people come by and we're like, oh, we could challenge him for the, he could challenge LeBron for the dynasty. And this is like one of those cases where translating it to football, people believe that Mahomes can challenge Brady for the GOAT title. Mm-hmm. The best part, it's not even like, it's not even like a hypothetical because all NBA fans our age grew up wanting one thing, and that was like a LeBron Kobe finals, which obviously would have been amazing. Um, but it's it's like it's almost even better than that. It's like if Jordan, you know, if LeBron had somehow got drafted in '96 and 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 they were playing in the '98 finals somehow. Um, yeah, I I don't know why. Maybe because kind of COVID, but it also feels like, I don't know. It seems like it hasn't gotten enough attention, purely the quarterback matchup. I know there was no real big media day, which kind of hurt. I'm, I love the media day, but, um, yeah, no, excited. Uh, what's, what's, what's on deck for, what are you, what are you inhaling this evening? What do you plan on inhaling this evening? Food wise. You know, I, 
I don't have a plan yet. I hate to admit it. I couldn't get mm. chicken wings. They were sold out the other day. Thomas, and, buddy, it's it's one p.m. You, you got to make a plan. And I'm I might resort to ordering in. Who knows? I've got some coupons for uh, Pizza Nova, which is pretty decent, and or there's some wing places around. But you know, I'm I might be dropping the ball right now. Let's be I, if I have to be real. I'm normally on top of my game. Uh, my girlfriend, she recently became gluten and dairy free, so it's kind of throwing a curveball in the uh, in the plans, and it's no like health fad. It was a doctor recommendation, so. It's oh. not much I can do for the mozzarella sticks and some of the other classics. So I've been I've been scouring around looking for some good some good options here. Well, I, I pray for you on your journey. Um you know, may the the powers that be let you eat gluten and enjoy it. I'll be enjoying gluten still, I'm sure. Yeah. But as far as the QB matchup, I just wanted to touch on that a bit more because this is almost like if Tom Brady played Joe Montana when he was coming into the league and Joe was kind of on his way out. Yeah, but that too. In this case, it's like they both have so many weapons around them. It's not a question of if they have the right receivers or whose offense is going to be more. Well, it, it, that is the question. But as far as the head-to-head I mean, he's got his weapons in, I mean, Mahomes has his weapons in Kelsey and Tyreek, and you could even say Watkins. And then we've got on the other end, there's Tom Brady with Goodwin, Mike Evans, I mean, Leonard Fournette, who was cut at the start of the year. And there's a bunch of guys on that team are like the nobody believes in us guys. JPP, I know, had kind of some ups and downs through his career because of the injuries. And I think it might be the case where Kansas City kind of has the better top end players, but out of the top five, a bunch of the next best players I think could be on the Bucks team. I feel like this is going to be a really even game. And at the start, I predicted Kansas City, but almost because of the narrative, how Tampa Bay is playing at home. I mean, they're all going to be going to sleep in their own beds, waking up like a, any normal game day. I, I'm, I can't wait. Yeah, you made an interesting point because it does feel like top four players in the game are probably just for the sake uh probably look like you know kelsey hill mahomes and brady like after those guys and take away a couple chiefs offensive linemen the next like seven best players other than maybe teron matthew and 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 what's his name uh chris jones they're all bucks but then kind of the chiefs have a much better kind of um secondary uh well not secondary but uh secondary players like as in or tertiary players rather as in like the 10 to 12 starter guys so yeah i'm interested too i keep on thinking what 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 may decide the game and it it's funny it probably won't be either mahomes or brady if one of them starts throwing picks then that that may be it but the more i think about it the more they're kind of even like i feel like the run games are are gonna be almost canceled out just because the Chiefs will probably have a pretty tough time running on the Bucks, and then the Chiefs are just going to score so the Bucks are going to feel like they need to throw the ball but I, yeah I feel like the game kind of comes down to two things and that's if the Bucks can get Mahomes on the ground he looked fine two weeks ago with the turf toe issue going on and they just announced earlier this morning um, that he was going to have surgery on it in the offseason to repair the toe which is pretty, uh, which is pretty convenient announcement the morning of the Super Bowl. It's a pretty good excuse if they lose, but um, 
I feel like it may come down to coaching, in which case I, I, I'm i taking the Chiefs by a mile. I, just, I feel like I can't, other than Mahomes being Mahomes, I can't find like a huge advantage for either side or disadvantage. No, and I really do think it is right in the middle. I feel at this point I'm maybe leading Tampa Bay just because I really do believe in the idea that when all these players, they want to do it for Tom, they have come together. They've been like, there's guys like, I don't know if I want to include Antonio Brown in this group, but he fits the bill. Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, and a bunch of other people have been cut and then signed up to this squad to kind yeah. of the Gronk come came together out of and this championship for Tom. Mm-hmm. I mean, it feels like everything is going in the right direction for him. And I like, it's, I want, I think the Chiefs are the better team. This being said, but just in this case, this one game in Tampa Bay in his home arena, he's waking up with his family. He's not like everybody's going to be feeling so comfortable on that team. They've been preparing for it. I feel that Tom sets the tone of like there's that quote at the last game where somebody, I think it was the kick returner, was uh, crying. And he says, Why are you crying? We're not done yet. We still like this. We don't cry over champion, uh, conference championships. So I feel like that type of tone and that level of business is something that I saw in the Raptors going against Golden State and something I see in this Tampa Bay team going against uh, the Chiefs. Yeah, not a bad pro comp. I, I, you know, I have a pretty ludicrous amount of bets on this game. They're all player props. One of the only bets I didn't place was regarding um, Moneyline, who was going to win. And I, I still like I still almost don't feel confident in either team. I think right like storyline wise, I want to agree with you that the Bucks, but I think right before the game I'll I'll start to think. I'll start to kind of uh mock it up in my mind and you know, I just I don't know how the Chiefs are gonna lose this. I heard this parlay earlier in the week and it's fully based I heard it on the uh, Bill Simmons show. It's fully based on Tampa Bay winning, but I just wanted to run it by you and see what you think. It's full of player props. Fournette over 80 yards, Tom Brady under 269, uh, 296 passing, Bucks win with a defensive touchdown. What are the what are the odds at? I think it's like plus, uh, plus think, 1000. Yeah, like plus like 999 or something. Yeah, I just don't like the uh I I'm I'm good with either with everyone. I don't think Fournette's going to get all that uh, I don't know. He he doesn't get a ridiculous. I understand the whole playoff lining thing, but I mean, Ronald Jones is just straight up faster. Um, and I I just don't know how much they're gonna rush the ball. I actually have a bet down, um, for Leonard Fournette to go under three point five total receptions, at plus one hundred five, which I like. But yeah, that's I I'm not a huge. I don't know. I just I, by. I don't think there's going to be all that many rushing yards from the running backs this game. I could definitely see guys like McCole Hardman or Scotty Miller break in a big one on the end round. But yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know about the four net yards on that one. Oh, could win though. What do I know? Right. Right. I mean, I don't have money on it. I'm just. I just wanted to purely see what see what your speculation was, as that was kind of his breakdown of what exactly needed to happen for the Bucks to win. So if the Bucks are winning, all these other things would need to happen in his opinion. That's so I thought it was an good... interesting way to think about the bet. Yeah, that's actually is a good way of thinking about it. Like because it, it doesn't 
for example, like last week or two weeks ago, I think one of my friends placed a bet. It was like Leonard, it was Leonard Fournette on under like rushing touches and then like over yards or something ridiculous. It just made no sense. But yeah, no, that way of doing it does make sense. Um, if it hits, it hits big, but if it doesn't, I guess it doesn't. Um, another reason why I was scared this weekend, you've been, you've been looking at all these Wentz rumors, right? Yeah, absolutely. Chicago, Nick Foles. I don't even know. Yeah, no, I I want to run this by you actually. We're two big bears guys. So I'm, I'm curious. I'm wearing my bear sweater as we speak for the Super Bowl and sadness. Mm -hmm. So 16 hours ago, it was basically Foles of first Tariq Cohen for Wentz. And according to not great sources, but this deal was basically almost done. And it was between the, uh, sorry, not the Jets, um, the Colts and the Bears for highest bidder. It heated up super, it heated up a lot last night. And around, you know, it heated up around 8 p.m. and around 10 p.m. at night. Tariq Cohen kind of just came out on social media and said, that, yeah, it's not happening. So I, I feel like it probably won't happen, but I'm still scared. I'm really, really scared. And do you even think Carson Wentz is that much better than Mitch Trubinsky? Uh, no, I saw Pro Football Focus posted like a stat on their Twitter. The two lowest um, passer ratings for throws under like five yards. And of course, it was, it was Trubisky had the worst and Wentz had the second worst. Honestly, um, Oh, I just got a notification saying Pistons reportedly. Give me one sec. We'll get back to this Bears thing in a second. Breaking news. I mean, we've got games being played live as we speak. uh, Yeah, the Detroit Pistons are nearing agreement on a deal that would send Derrick Rose to the New York Knicks in exchange for guard Dennis Smith Jr. in draft compensation. Knicks are going all in. Make the playoffs? The Knicks are trying to make the playoffs. You know why? Or the play-in, rather. Yeah, the, the play-in. That's actually a better way. I feel like, you know why? Because because Dallas is having such a bad season, and the Knicks have Dallas's pick unconditionally. The From the Porzingis trade, this is the last year they have it, and there's no protection on it. Dallas is 10-14 and 14 right now. The season is 72 games. Um. Doncic has never really been injured, but the load on his back is crazy. Porzingis can get injured at any time. The Knicks may end up with, you know, a, a top ten pick regardless of, regardless of their um, their own standing. So yeah, I also <clears throat> I, I kind of like the Derrick Rose um, trade. I, I'm not this guy who who who's saying oh he's made his full comeback. He's he's just a good scorer from the guard position now. But I, I kind of like that for the Knicks. More like in terms of not result on the court, but just like it feels like every decision they've made since hiring Leon Brown has just been solid. So it's another step in the right direction. Also, they got to get like, if you have a chance to get rid of Dennis Smith Jr., why not? Yeah, no, I think it I think it makes total sense. And then Derek Rose as a mentor figure, I think fits perfectly. And Dennis Smith Jr. just isn't going to really 
I mean, they have so many guards. They have Frank. Uh, they have Emmanuel Quickly. Austin Rivers, Alfred Payton are some of the guys who do play active minutes right now. And I think bringing in somebody like a Derek Rose in that Dennis Smith Jr. spot will bring a lot more grounding to the locker room because Dennis Smith, I'm sure, is still trying to play his way up the lineup where Derek Rose is locked into that veteran mentorship role with his kind of 15 to 20 minutes a game if he even gets that at the Knicks. Yeah, it's also the Thibodeau connection, right? Um, they, I, I, I almost feel like Derek Rose in a way should be mad at him for in getting him so injured, but um, it kind of worked. It worked in Minnesota, the Tibbs and Rose. Well, he dropped fifty well. with Tibbs in Minnesota. Yeah, it it, it worked um, well in Chicago, obviously. So yeah, no, I think I I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, no. The Knicks, the Knicks are in decent position to be in the plan. I think Cleveland's probably going to fall out of the contention soon. I think Chicago isn't there, and of course Miami will 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 jump in. But yeah, no, I, I think the Knicks are definitely kind of on even grounds with a team like the Hornets this year, and which is honestly impressive because the Knicks don't, you know, have three guys being paid over twenty million, and um, they don't have other than RJ Barrett, don't have a crazy amount of top picks on their team. I, I hope this continues for the Knicks. I, I like as an NBA franchise, I, I like the Knicks much more than, than the Celtics and Lakers in terms of, you know, historic ones. So I'd, I'd be excited to get the Knicks back. It's also more fun when the Knicks are, are, are good in the East. The East feels more complete when the Knicks are good, you know? So yeah, Funny no, I, enough, like I don't know. Cause I don't really remember the Knicks being good. That's actually but, a very fair point. I'm just more relating it back to the years of they had like one very good year with Melo. Yeah. Where um they had Jason Kidd too. And I remember there was just an awesome first round playoff series with the Celtics. And, you know, you see all these like playoff games at the garden um from the nineties and I don't know, it was just nice to see it. Uh, for when we're alive, well, I mean, hopefully in a couple of years, we'll get some more serious Knicks playoff games, but who knows? Here's my take on the Knicks kind of playoffs is it's as a Leafs fan. It's nice to see them have some success. Mm-hmm. I mean, as the historic, as a huge fan, fan of a historic franchise in their respective league that has won so prolifically at the start and has left a whole generation of fans dry as far as any sort of any success really like there's been some success but any notable success that would really mean anything to a team that actually wins basketball games it's nice to see them have something that resembles winning that shows an upward trajectory i mean i remember when we got like austin matthews william nylander mitch martin and you're like wow we're actually finally making the right moves. I agree with the general manager. I agree with the front office. And just as a fan, I feel for the Knicks fans. And on top of that, I want to see our Canadian boy, RJ Baird, succeed. So all in, I'm I'm looking up on the Knicks for sure. Yeah. Going back to the whole... By the way, this, this is agreed on in principle. This isn't um, set. I don't think Woj tweeted about it either, although I can check. Um now is about the time of the season. It usually comes maybe a bit later than today in, in other cases, but 
Um, now is kind of the time in the season where everyone is more or less decided on who they want to trade on their roster, but they kind of just it feels like they sort of wait till the till um, the deadline to see how things transpire. Um, so the recently there's been a lot of names kind of up on the block. I was thinking we can maybe go through some and one give me give we can kind of give our predictions on whether they will get traded and two where they'll get traded if you're into that yeah for sure you want to just quickly put a bow on the uh carson wet wentz in chicago talk yeah here's my bow don't trade a first round pick for him yeah i think that's enough said for sure yeah you're gonna have to any of those to get him because i think the colts would probably be willing to spend a first year first rounder on on once just because they've they've had their first round picks in the past years but um the bit the bears just can't and as sad as it is to say like i'm i've accepted that Foles or or winston will be our quarterback next year um but you you gotta you gotta use your first round picks we haven't had a first round pick in two years because of the mac the mac trade um it's about time uh, yeah, that's 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 my thing. But if you can, honestly, if you can get him for a bunch of seconds and again get rid of fools, then I'm I'm not so opposed to it. Um, I know Wentz isn't good, but he did have a near MVP season in 2017, and it's pretty far removed. But and um, a couple injuries removed too. Mm-hmm. But you know, for me, it's more just that you can cut him after two years. You really only own 47 million. And if the bears are going to dedicate next season to having Nagy and pace on the staff anyways, then, you know, I feel like next season's a write-off regardless, except for the young players. Um, so might as well to me, it just does again, it doesn't make sense. Like I don't even want to draft a quarterback with a 20, 20th overall pick. It would probably be uh, Mac Jones there anyways. I don't even I don't I don't even want him there. I don't want a quarterback. I want a, an offensive tackle, someone like Alex Leatherwood, left tackle for Alabama. But the thing that really doesn't make sense to me is in what world do you trade Wentz for Wentz with that first round pick when you can just draft Jones? That that makes the least sense to me in terms of money and the only the only way it would it would make sense is if you No, it doesn't make sense. Well, the only thing is if they're scared, if they don't, they, I think the reason they trade for Wentz instead of drafting a Mac Jones is because they're scared of messing up another QB pick. Yeah, that's if they mess up another QB pick, they're gone. Oh, no, no, no. Pace and Nagy are gone next year. I, I'm telling you. But, but in yeah, their no, mind, I, they might not be thinking I that. Don't, yeah, I don't, I don't want, I don't want them to draft a quarterback because they haven't been able to develop one in however many years. You got to get a new regime and then a new quarterback. Just get the offensive line going, you know, bolster the secondary, and and like, what more can you ask? I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. The Bears, it's like being in an abusive relationship, though. I swear, it's just terrible news after terrible news after terrible news and then we i think end up we going found where your sympathy for the next fans comes from yeah and then we go and then we go eight and eight it's terrible anyways going back to the, some of the trades i'm gonna I'll, I'll list these players and i'll tell you and you can tell me if you think one they'll get traded to where they'll get traded um some of the names on the list are big names some of them smaller names some of them haven't been in the rumors as much some of them have been plastered 
all over the trade rumors. I'll start off with a bit of an interesting one. Um, it was about two weeks ago when people kind of almost decided that he was going to get traded. Talks have cooled down. Uh, Lonzo. Lonzo, I think yeah. he gets traded. But mm-hmm. with that being said, he's looked great the past couple of games. Since those rumors have come out, he's come up and shot the three at a much higher clip and looked to show some of that promise that I think the Pelicans wanted from him. But I still feel like something isn't working there, and it's more likely that he gets traded than he doesn't. But I don't know who they trade him for because his value is definitely low right now. Yeah, I don't know if you can get a first for him from any team. I that's the thing. I don't know. I, I don't know why. The only reason it would be worth trading Lonzo is just kind of to to free your own roster up. But I don't. I just don't know how much you're getting in return. I feel like Lonzo is a good player. Um, he could contribute a lot on the right team. I think but, he would be great on the Raptors, for example. I with yeah, the no. Fred Van Vliet combo. Yeah, um, which is definitely that's actually they they were second on my list of teams that should trade for him. Um, what was I getting to? The the first one, anyways. I I just think I think with Bledsoe there, who's honestly probably a bit better than Lonzo. Um, they're and there's even. like Nikhil Alexander Walker, who's looked great this season. Kyra Lewis, who hasn't had enough minutes. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense to keep Lonzo when he needs the ball in his hands so much. Although I, I think he's really improved, and I think he'll, he'll within the next kind of two years, I think he'll have a great season. I don't, I don't think he'll be a great player, but I think he'll show a bit more. The other team, a year away from being year away. Yeah, the other team, um, Washington. I just keep on thinking of Beal trades, places Beal can go. Uh, Pelicans in Washington could work it out. The Pelicans have enough kind of salaries on their team. They say, okay, well, Steven Adams trade was a mistake. We'll, we'll give you him. Washington absorbs that pretty big salary. Washington also hasn't had a center in it, what it feels like years. So I don't think they'd be too opposed to that. Washington would get picks back. New Orleans has a ton of picks. And then so it's Lonzo, Steven Adams, and probably Kyra Lewis and, and two firsts for Beal. I'd say yes. For I definitely you definitely say yes if you know if you're New Orleans. That seems yeah, if I'm New Orleans. How about Washington? If you're Washington, you probably think another team can give you a better offer, but that's not a bad offer. I mean if I'm a Washington fan, I think it depends which picks they get because we do know that what, uh, New Orleans has a bevy of them. So I think we'd have to get their own picks and they'd have to be at top three protect. Like, I don't think I'd look under. I don't know if I'd give. They'd have to unprotected be unprotected. a little much, but top three protected maybe. Yeah. Well, the Lakers picks that the Pelicans own are, are all unprotected. Except for maybe one, I think in the in in the very distant future, and then in you know in that case, just because the Pelicans would then have Zion, who's been playing well recently, uh, Ingram and Beal on the roster. Beal still needs to resign, though. To be honest, um, those would have to be unprotected, or at least pick swaps or something of that nature. Uh, the pick, yeah, the picks wouldn't. The Lakers picks down the line are intriguing, though. I'll give them that. Um, I think. The best Bradley Beal deal for um, for Washington is in uh, Golden State. 
Yeah, that that's actually well, we're gonna get to Beal soon. Um, but the I think that makes the most sense as well for both teams, really. The but the you, Warriors, you can immediately you essentially get a, a James Wiseman, who's a top two pick. Whether Washington was high on him on the draft or not, I mean Washington has been looking for a center for however many years, and unfortunately Thomas Bryant. Um, injured basically all last season. I think he tore his ACL this year. He's down bad. Yeah, I that that's a tough one to come back from. Both of those injuries. I think you have to go in a, in a different way. Um, you get James Wiseman, and unfortunately, you'd have to take on Andrew Wiggins for salary relief. Um, to which point, you have Westbrook and Andrew Wiggins on the same team. Which is, or do you know what? I wouldn't be what shocked. About Ubre? I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Warriors chose to keep uh, Wiggins over Ubre. Yeah, and Ubre would end up back in Washington because at this point, I, I'd I'd probably rather keep Wiggins than Ubre. Um, their salaries aren't all that different. But yeah, no, first Wiseman, Ubre for Beal. I but it to me it feels a bit like the Warriors need to add don't need to add this another kind of young piece and they don't have it. Whereas I'm always, I'm always so inclined to say Denver because they have, they not only have kind of the, the P the main piece and in, in Porter jr. They have the, the draft picks, but they also have the kind of the intriguing young guys. Um, but it probably, the Warriors seems the most likely, but now and the Warriors they, have that Minnesota pick too. Right. That's actually a good point. Is it That's, is, is that Minnesota pick this year? No, it can't be. Top three protected this year. Next year, wow. I think it's unprotected. So it could be a top 10 pick this year. Very easy. It will be a top 10. The unless, they Wolves top are the, three. unless they're a top three pick. Yeah, the Wolves are the... Oh, the Wolves have to pray that they, they continue losing because right now they're they're the third worst record in the NBA. And to be honest, they'll, they'll probably stay around there. Between them, Washington, Detroit, it's they're just all dumpster fires. Um, I don't see OKC digressing that much. I don't see Chicago or Cleveland digressing that much either, to be honest. So yeah, no, Minnesota probably will be in line for that top three ish. Um, but what if they what if they slip to four? That's a crazy pick, especially in this year's draft. That D'Angelo Russell trade looks really, really bad right now. Yeah, and this I almost feel bad because they're just trying to make Cat happy. Didn't work. <laughs> the Wolves are really bad still. It's hard to look back on those Jimmy Butler years and see yeah. what they had and how far they got and how they mm-hmm. just couldn't keep Jimmy happy because of maybe – like the way some of the players played like Wiggins and maybe the answer would have been getting rid of a guy like Wiggins before you got rid of a guy like Jimmy. Yeah. I think, um, underratedly Butler had a much bigger problem with cat than Wiggins. Um, I think Wiggs is an interesting guy. When you hear other NBA players talking and interact with them, apparently super likable. He just like, doesn't, it seems like he's a bit spacey and doesn't care that much, but doesn't care as in like, I'm going to go out and buy this $20 million house and post about it online or these shoes and post about it online. He just like, he's just a chill guy. 
I think Cat was with Butler, and in, in the interviews today, Butler says he's cool with Wiggs, and Wiggs says he's a great teammate. I think the issue may have been Towns, which would That's make some sense. I don't think Towns is like bad in that respect. I just, I, I think the toughness level is really, really, really low with him. I think that may be his biggest issue, especially as a big man. I think Jimmy had a problem with that, maybe. Wiggins' biggest issue was his contract. Mm-hmm. Which the Wolves just shouldn't have signed him to. That was if he was that. making less money, he'd be a great asset. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, the Wiggs... Uh, looking back at Wiggs' career 10 years from now will be interesting. Because the funny thing is he's going to end up as a... Well, probably, maybe. He could end up as like a top 40 NBA scorer of all time, on points-wise. Very quietly. Yeah, so it's kind of Wiggs is Wiggs will always be a funny one to me. The next player I thought it almost made made too much sense for him to get traded. He's one of the old older guys on the Thunder. They only got two. I don't know if 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 or can they can move Horford just because of his contract, but they can certainly move George Hill. And as you probably know, I'm I'm a George Hill stan. I thought I thought he deserved way more minutes. Um in all those box playoff series, especially over blood. So I think he's a great point guard for literally any team. And I had two um, quick ideas for trades. One, the Mavericks, they just, they just need better guards. I didn't think the loss of Seth Curry would hurt them that much, but it did. Um, Jalen Brunson's playing all right, but Jalen Brunson can only do so much. I think the Mavericks could just help from talent. And and again, veteran. They're pretty young right now too. I uh, George Hill can take the ball out of Luca's hands a bit more. Um, I I think that's something I'd like to see. The other one, um, just because he's a point guard, and the Clippers are doing amazing right now, and their offense honestly doesn't look like they need another point guard. I, that may change eventually, but the Clippers' offense is looking like one of the, the top three in the NBA. But yeah, no, George Hill to the Clippers would also just make a ton of sense to me. So those are my kind of two. I'm curious what you think. You probably you probably feel the same way about the Clippers. Yeah, no, I totally agree as far as the George Hill front and making sure that they kind of add that tertiary ball handler there that's not like a Luke Kennard who's mm-hmm. he's been okay. He's had some good nights. He's had some bad nights. But I think a guy like George Hill who has been there and done it and Beyond just being a great ball player, he seems like a really humble and down-to-earth guy who might do wonders for a uh, locker room that yeah, that's seems a, as tense as the Clippers. That's actually a good point because the Clippers' locker room, in theory, could either be going really, really well or really bad at any given time. And um, Hill would be a, a good mediator of the ups and downs, I think. Moving on to some bigger players, um, they're both both these players kind of feel like they're stuck in limbo right now. Um, not that they're wasting their careers, but you know they're not quite all star level talent anymore. Um, but it feels like they deserve better almost, and the situations they're in right now just isn't maybe working. Um, the first one is Zach Levine. You think he'll get traded? Zach Levine is a really interesting one because Chicago, I feel like, is one of those teams that has had pieces like Kobe White, I think, 
I don't know where you stand on him. I feel like you might be low on him, but I think he, he he's shown some signs to be maybe not a starting guard on a championship level team, but maybe a guy off the bench or your tertiary option. And yeah, then I'm with, I'm with you on that. And then as far as Laurie Markkinen, we all thought he was going to be great, and I'm not quite sure what happened there. And I mean, Jim Boylan definitely didn't help out, let's be real. And I'd love to see Levine in a great situation. I heard this on another podcast earlier this week. What would be the difference in the NBA if Levine and Donovan Mitchell switched teams from the start? Hmm. Well, that's a good, Are they that different? As in, like, well, Levine was first in Minnesota. So are you saying put Mitchell in Minnesota and Levine in Utah? Oh, no. Put, I mean, like from the start of their respective teams right now. So oh, okay. it's Donovan Mitchell in a Bulls uniform and Zach Levine starts in Utah. Same situations. Huh. That's a good way of looking at it, isn't it? Is think- Levine the guy who Donovan Mitchell is now as far as playoff success. Cause statistically they're very similar on a demeanor level. I'm not sure because I haven't followed Levine that closely because he's had that lack of success. I've heard everybody loves Donovan and they think he's awesome. And I mean, social media definitely portrays him that way. But as far as the pure skill base, how far off would those, how would we talk differently about Levine's career? Maybe. I think that's an interesting one because Levine is a bit more of a, a, a bucket getter on any team. So the Utah, Mitchell Mitchell has made big shots, but I, I just don't trust him that much to, to close out a game just because of his his size, to be quite honest. Um, and he doesn't have a great kind of, I don't know. Um, I think they'd put up some, my answer, I think they'd put up similar stats. Uh, but, you know, Mitchell, I think you just win more with Mitchell for more than one reason. I mean, leaving aside the defensive effort, which Levine just doesn't give anymore, which honestly, like as crazy as it is to say, I understand him not giving that. Imagine how brutal he's he's been feeling the past two, three years. But um, I just, yeah, the, the whole attitude thing, and I don't think Levine has a bad attitude. I just think it's Mitchell's good attitude. I think, I think usually a player with Mitchell's skill set Mitchell's skill set entering the league was pretty similar to Dennis Smith Jr.'s. And you kind of see how they went in opposite directions. But um, you're just you're just happy to have him. And Levine, I don't know if that's always the case. Um, that's a good comparison, though, because they do provide kind of similar things on the offensive end. I think it's finally just time for the Bulls to trade him, though. Not even for him, just for the Bulls. At some point, they have to realize going... You know, thirty-five and and forty-two every season it doesn't really work. It's it's a terrible ground to be on. Um, they got to get rid of a lot of guys. Uh in terms of where I want him to go, I was thinking of like kind of a team where that made the most sense, and I was also thinking of a team where I feel like it would be good for him. Um, the good for him team is the Grizzlies. And the team where he probably should go, but would unfortunately be stuck in a similar situation of being the ninth, 10th, 11th seed in the East would be the Magic. But anyway, I think the Magic just makes a ton of sense. As far as swapping, who would you want to swap? Uh, it would probably look like it would be Aaron Gordon. Honestly, 
Aaron Gordon, Levine swap straight up may work. Now the Bulls may not be that interested in Gordon because they have a lot invested in, uh, you know, Williams, Porter. Although I think Porter's contract is up this year. Williams, Porter, and, and they're going to have to trade Markinen soon. But I think I think there's a trade there to be made. I I don't know. To me, it's just I don't know how much longer the Magic can go without a scoring guard, and I don't know how much longer the Bulls can go trying to make this thing work with Zach Levine. So I think it's both both of them kind of cutting their losses and and going in a d- different direction, not to win immediately, but just to just to set a different tone. I I don't mind that trade. I feel like the Wizards would have to throw into something a little extra with Aaron Gordon, to be honest. He's, I don't think, had the consistency that we've seen from Levine. Maybe that's because of the crowded front court, but Levine, like you said, he's always been a bucket getter, and I think for the rest of his NBA career, he'll always be able to get buckets. Yeah, and so the other team I just wanted to quickly, the Grizzlies. Um, I'm really high on the Grizzlies. Like when, when, when people were kind of saying, like, name a better young core than the Pelicans, uh, I go, okay, the Grizzlies. Um, I still believe that, and I feel like that's kind of shown this season. The Grizzlies have had so many injuries. Jaron Jackson Jr. hasn't even played for them. Morant missed a lot of time. They've only played 18 games, but they're nine and nine, which, to be honest, is pretty good considering who they've missed. They haven't. Justice Winslow hasn't even played a game for them. Although and Morant isn't like fully 100. percent I think, in my opinion, no. And and I, I, Morant's also one of those guys I see getting a lot better too. Um, unfortunately, I. I like I like Dylan Brooks. Um, I don't know if he's. I I don't know if they should kind of keep him there for the next four years, though. I just you you think about it's this weird balance between trying to kind of find this like, well, you want more scoring, but you don't want to get a guy who who takes the ball out of Ja and Brandon Clark's and and Jaron Jackson Jr.'s hands. Um, but at the same time, if you're in this packed West and, and the Clippers can play are capable of playing good defense and scoring 120 on you, and the Lakers have the clamps on defense, and Utah is, has the clamps on defense, um, in the next two years, and I think Memphis is going to seriously compete next year maybe. I really want to see what Jackson gives them when he gets back. And but I you- mean, don't discount their new guys like Desmond Bain and Tillman Jr. They've looked yeah, amazing. Bain's an amazing shooter. That was a really good draft pick for them. Um, but I, I I think the Levine thing would work. Um, he'd have to, you know, he'd have to definitely go in thinking I'm, I'm not the star. It's, it's a group effort and then give it all on defense. But I think just in terms of what Memphis could probably use um, I think that trade could work. I think at a point to Morant's been Morant's been very very efficient so far. But you know, as his production and and usage goes up, as I assume it will, that may not stay. I think he could probably use another perimeter score. Even though I think I, I'm again, I'm very curious to see what Jaron Jackson Jr. looks like when he comes back. No, I totally agree with you as far as I think Levine would complement. I mean. Uh, uh, Morant a lot better and Dylan Brooks he's normally around a 35% three point shooter this year shooting only 28 mm-hmm. on 6.1 attempts which is tough yeah and he's just he's just not efficient anymore Brooks uh, 
I love Brooks, but I don't think for this team, if they want to have championship aspirations, they might need to switch it out. And then something underrated I've heard about them as far as like they're a brotherhood. Like apparently Xavier Tillman, oh, it's Xavier Tillman Sr., not Junior. So he's got a kid already. Uh-huh. He's a rookie. So this guy's like a man. Apparently he was the uh, best man at uh, Jaron Jackson Jr.'s wedding. So, and all these guys, the rest of these guys, they all know each other. They're friends. Mm-hmm. And it's just made too much sense sense as far as they've got a lot of duke guys they've got tyus jones they've got grayson allen i mean it's it runs deep they've it looks they, like a bunch of guys who are happy to be playing for the same team together yeah who want to share the ball who want to find success together and if i was a fan of the memphis grizzlies i'd be excited about a group that has this sort of demeanor and this sort of attitude about winning and winning together mm-hmm yeah, no, I'm 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 buying on the Grizzly stock. Um, kind of moving on, just as we wrap up, uh, the other players, I, I we won't go over them because we got to get to our window. But other players, I was thinking of, um, I want to see PJ Tucker leave Houston. I think he could help out a lot of teams. And then Oladipo, I think he could also work on the Grizzlies, and I think he could also work on the Raptors. Those are two other quick ones. I'd love to see PJ Tucker on Denver. How about that as a quick yeah. one? Yeah, no, that yeah, that would be awesome actually. Um, moving on, one thing we've lost during all this COVID is is kind of the mascot fair. College football, people aren't necessarily big on mascots. I'm not big on mascots. I'm not an NFL mascot guy. I'm not really a hockey mascot guy. Um, but the NBA does have some decent ones. I'm a I'm a college mascot guy. The NBA has some decent ones. Um, whether it be look, action, or, or you know, historic, you know, moments. We we have our picks for the best ones. I think you went first last week, yeah, so I, I think, think I'm going to go first this week. And first pick, hard not to take him, Benny the Bull, not because of appearance, just because um, if you search mascot funny compilation on YouTube, I, I think Benny the Bull would get about five minutes of that. I think the popcorn gag is timeless. Um, it, 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 I, I've been at United and been somewhat close to the popcorn spill. And let me tell you, it's more popcorn, popcorn than you believe. It, it basically ruins the person who gets popcorns evening in, in the best way possible. It's a big bag and it, it looks heavy too. I think it's a great tradition. Um, I'd like the name. Benny the Bulls, my guy. I like it. And myself, I'm not a huge mascot guy either, but in a year of missing that kind of in-arena experience that honestly I think has saved a lot of these teams in terms of James Harden, he wouldn't have been able to get away with some of those performance. Well, he would have heard about some of those performance from the Houston crowd. And just some of these other guys who have taken – nights off here or there and these kind of storylines and the i don't know i feel like the at in the playoffs i wasn't too concerned about the fans missing but now just seeing the regular season how it plays off i miss the fans and the mascots are a part of that in a game in game arena experience and i kind of wanted to pick some absurd mascots that i just don't even know how they ended up here but i'm going to save those for my later picks and for my first pick i'm just going to go for a solid one with rocky the mountain lion I mean, it just makes sense for Denver to have a mountain lion as their mascot. He, I think he looks great. And there's not too much about him 
But just the fact that they got it on with the right animal for the right area is enough for me. Yeah, no, Rocky, Rocky's a good one. He's pretty energetic. I'll give you that. He's pretty, his fit's pretty, pretty drippy too. And for my second pick, I'm going to go with the most absurd mascot that I could find. The Mavs man. I don't even know who greenlit this. This guy's a basketball. Mm-hmm. I, it's 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 almost it's not too much. It's way too much. And for that reason, he's my second pick. Do you know what makes no sense about that? It's like there's so many teams that technically don't aren't capable of having a mascot. Like the Suns, for example, just have this gorilla because, like, you can't really just be this big sun dude. And um, yeah, um, the Mavericks. You can just be a Maverick, yet they chose this other dude. Like Maverick they have both. Horse. They have two. They have a horse and the Mavs man. Oh, I was only aware of the Mavs man. No, they've got two. They perform together. It's ridiculous. They were like, we need the Mavs man. We need, we've got the horse, but we need this guy. The more the more mascots, the better. Eh? Cuban's a genius. Um. So those are your first two picks. I, I'll go ridiculous with you too. Um. A lot of kids either love or hate mascots, hate more as in just are super scared of them and have nightmares of them. Um, I never had nightmares of a mascot as a kid. However, if I were to have nightmares about any mascot, it would be Pierre the Pelican. Dude is straight up, <laughs> dude is straight up freaky. I one the name is the name is I, I love the name, but dude dude looks in your soul soul and you don't know if you're gonna get your soul back from him. Pierre's a straight demon in my eyes, and I hope I never cross paths with him because I don't know how that would go for me. I agree with you. I'm glad you picked Pierre. I think he's in that top five absurd range of mascots, and I can agree with you. Pierre's a freak. If I saw him as a child, I would have nightmares. Thank goodness the Raptors had a less scary mascot, and it was a Raptor. I'd poop my pants if I was five years old and saw Pierre the Pelican walking down the street. I can confidently say that. Great pick. Um, my next pick, um, do not worry. It has nothing to do with the franchise, nothing to do with the mascot's appearance, and nothing to do with anything. This pick is purely based on the mascot's name. We're going with Slamson the Lion. from. The oh, Saturday. you stole it. It's really? Right under my... I wanted Again. Slamson. I thought I could get him late. <laughs> I reiterate, he's not a good mascot. The Kings are not a good team. He's a lion. The Kings do have some lion kind of logos going on, but they're you know they're the Kings. They're not the Lions. Um, but just the name Slamson, and you know the, off the story, Samson the Lion. It's too perfect. It was too difficult not to pick him. Yeah, do you know? Do, listen to the lore. He was born on March 8th, 1996 in South Africa with his mother, Slimette, and his father, Sir Slam the Lion. <laughs> Due to his family being very poor, the Sacramento Kings went to help him because they really know how it feels to be on the bottom. <laughs> that's a good... That's he has been good. loved by many children and teenagers for many years. This, ha- this can't be a real Wikipedia page. Somebody's edited this before, but it is. That's a pretty good character bio. I mean, I don't know about the whole 
fantasizing the uh helping him bring to america for a better life the american dream part but i do like that they have a backstory for him on the wikipedia page uh-huh. great pick so you got rounders off here right or no, i think back i to just me. i think i just picked two so i think i'm at three i just picked two in a row i think you yeah. get one now or i think you get two now and then i get one to end it so I'm a bit thrown off because I was going for Slamson next, but luckily I had somebody else in my back pocket. I've got Skyhawk. Uh, you might not be familiar with him because he was retired after the 2013-14 season in Atlanta. And essentially what I read is he would do kind of in-game dunks and he was this buffed up hawk, a hawk in a mu- bodybuilding suit essentially. And he would just do great dunks on the trampoline in between periods. But why I am picking him is... Apparently, he was so prolific that their G League team was named after him. We have the Atlanta Skyhawks in the G League. This mascot got a team named after him, and he wasn't even the main guy. I mean, you can't get more legendary than that. Yeah, no, that's 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 impressive. I'm always for any any person walking around in a bird suit. I think it's a good look, to be honest. Bird people, bird people are funny. Birds look funny when they're seven feet tall. I don't know. Yeah, I, I actually think I do recall. I didn't know about the name thing. That's kind of legendary. But I do recall this guy throwing down some crazy dunks back in the day. I like I like that pick. And then with my final pick, I'm going to have to pick my hometown hero, the Raptor. I mean, as far as I think arenas having fun with their mascots, I'm definitely biased because I've been able to sit in the arena and see it happen. They bring out the mini Raptors. They've got dino hatching eggs. They've put them in suits. They've swagged them out. He's done everything. They'll get him to play. I think his persona is great as kind of this like a persona that fits Toronto is this guy who kind of thinks he's, I don't know, swaggy. I feel like it's a terrible word, but kind of has that kind of glitz, but is kind of a fool in the end. So I really like the Toronto Raptors mascot and the kind of fun he brings to the arena. Yeah, big fan of the Raptors mascot. I'm just, you know, his name is the Raptor and he's, his, his, his outfit is a bit mundane to me. In terms of his actions, it's I'm, I'm there with you. He, he actually is able to get the crowd going um, more than other mascots have been able to, which kind of adds to the whole ACC experience because they – during Raptors game, they just shove all the noise and volume in your face. So it kind of does work. And um, with that pick, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our boy on the Toronto Raptors, Fred Van Vliet, dropping 54 franchise record. I was freaking out that whole game. He seemed unstoppable. And I wanted to make sure we got a quick mention of that in there. Yeah, Against Terrence you. Ross at that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, last pick. So the Jazz Bear hasn't been picked yet. And that's... Loki probably after Benny the Bull, the best mascot. He's he's proficient in throwing cakes in people's faces. He's a great dunker. Um, he's a bear, even though the Utah Jazz are the Jazz. Um, but I, I'm I'm more of a I pick Slamps and I pick Pierre. I'm more of a uh, lover of uh, oddball mascots. I'll say so. Yeah, I'm going stuff the magic dragon. Is it a dragon? Is it a dinosaur? Is it a is it a I don't know what stuff is. He's the magic mascot and he's, he's a whirlwind of things going on. If you were a kid, maybe you'd be scared of him, but more likely that you'd be enamored by him. Just a cool looking, just a cool looking dude, to be honest. I, he has the big belly, which I love in the mascot. All of the, uh, uh, the Philadelphia 
can't believe the Philadelphia Fanatic. Um, they kind of mo- it kind of looks like they modeled him after that. But yeah, I just stuff the Magic Dragon. Seems like a cool guy. I I I wouldn't mind spending some time with him. So I'll go there. Great pick, great pick. Honestly, and I do think I'm glad you gave some mention to the uh, the Jazz mascot because just the way he's portrayed, the hair. I think he's he looks clean. He looks flowy, and the proficiency in cake throwing needs to be mentioned. Mm-hmm. And on that note, hopefully we're going to be some see some big throws this evening in the Super Bowl. You are all going to know the outcome. We're either looking like fools or geniuses right now. Probably uh, final prediction. You said the Chiefs. I said Tampa Bay. Is that where you want to sit on your final prediction for the big uh, game tonight? Final prediction, Chiefs 31, Tampa Bay 24. Um, real quick, more importantly, what what's what's the Gatorade color? Orange? I'm going orange. I am feeling yellow Gatorade this year. It reminds me of the flu. It's the COVID season. That's why I'm picking yellow. And game prediction? Game prediction, Tampa Bay. I'm going twenty uh let's I'm gonna go twenty-eight to twenty-one. Close game, a lot of touchdowns. But this I'm keeping it under the uh under. That's kind of been a thrown around there at fifty-four. Okay. okay. We'll see what happens. All right. With that being said, I hope you all have had a great Super Bowl weekend with some hindsight and perspective, and you're off to a start on another great week. You are listening to The Jabroni Show on CFRC 101.9 FM, and have a great morning. And you're listening to JB on CFRC 101.9 FM. Hello, I'm Tamara Cicerella, a counselor serving area residents who live with addictions or mental health concerns. Deeply committed workers like me assist people in reaching their recovery goals. On April 1st, Addictions and Mental Health Services in Kingston and Frontenac joins Lennox and Addington in offering confidential quality services. Addictions Mental Health Services, Kingston, Frontenac, Lennox, and Addington is committed to providing the best possible services to all who need it. For more information in Kingston and Frontenac, call 613-544-1356 or in Lennox and Addington, 613-354-7388.